Hey, what's up guys? Thank you for joining me today. We're going to be talking about Enneagram Type 8. We're going to be looking at the three subtypes, uh, the uh, self-preservation, social, and sexual subtypes or instincts of Type 8. And uh, it's going to be a great video. Sometimes you uh, might, might read something about an 8 and you think to yourself, well, that doesn't sound like me. Or that doesn't sound like the person I know and love that that is obviously an eight. So it can be uh, because maybe sometimes you're looking at different subtypes. And so if sometimes you read or hear something about an eight and you think that really doesn't resonate with me, uh, it may be because uh, of the unique differences between the subtypes. So we're going to explore that today. It's going to be a great video. Thank you for joining me. Uh, before we get started, I just want to point to the description uh, below that you can check out my website, tomlahue.com. I got a lot of great information there for you. Um, also, uh, you can book uh, coaching appointments. I do coaching appointments uh, all the time with people from all over the world. Sometimes they just want a single appointment to work through a specific problem. Other times people want a little more support and encouragement for their family or for themselves or for their marriage. Uh, any way I can help you, don't, don't hesitate to, uh, to reach out. Okay, so let's get started. Uh, also, thanks to my patrons. Appreciate you guys' support. Uh, keep this uh, great information coming. So let's talk about the eight, the challenger, the uh, the strong one. Um, let's talk about um, uh, the self-preservation eight. Um, this eight is sometimes called the survivalist, and this eight uh, is uh, is oriented toward their material needs. Okay, so this tends to be the more quiet eight, the more introverted eight, uh, not likely to talk a lot about their needs. They just go after their needs. They just go for what they need and want to make sure that they have enough that they don't need to rely on others. You know, eights have all kind of gone to sleep to the fact that they are vulnerable and have weaknesses and need support from others. And so this eight um, is oriented toward strength in terms of if I acquire everything that I need in life, then I won't need to depend on others. This eight can sometimes look like a five because fives, you know, minimize their needs. And this eight doesn't minimize their needs. They just really are absolutely positive and confident in themselves that they're able to supply all of their needs. So they don't want to depend on others. They don't want to be weak. They don't want to think of themselves as dependent on others. And so they are oriented, their attention is oriented to what do I need to do to make sure I get what I need in life or what I want in life. So um, this can cause them to look very impatient. It could cause them to, um, um, to maybe have tantrums, to be pushy, to grab things, to want to control things, uh, ordering others around. Uh, they, um, their lust is expressed in the need to obtain whatever they think they might need in life. You know, all eights are dealing with lust. That's the passion or the sin of the eight is lust. Lust can be described as, you know, the desire for more or the desire for things or the desire, um, you know, for intensity. Um, I think lust is good to understand it as, you know, things and sometimes people exist for my use and my consumption. That's a really good way to think about lust. A bad thing, lust, it's good to think of it in that way, is that things and sometimes people or even experiences exist for my taking, my exploitation, and my usage. And so this person is oriented, their lust is oriented toward, I need to make sure I have enough things, I have enough money in the bank, I have enough financial resources 
that um, I don't have a dependency on others. So they want to be strong, bold, uh, they are relatively fearless, and they have an intolerance with uh, not having their needs, quote unquote needs, sometimes maybe wants, uh, met. And so this can bring about a kind of ruthlessness in this eight. Um, and make them sort of appear, you know, ruthless to get what they want in life. Um, they can be direct and powerful as they are on a quest to pursue those things that they feel that they need in order to be independent. That's probably a very important, powerful wor word for this eight is the need for independence. Uh, they're concerned with material security. Um, they are willing to take revenge Sometimes not really even understanding maybe why they feel the impulse to take revenge. Just knowing that that other person needs to pay for what was done. And I think to some degree all eights kind of share that sense of like blame um, and who is to blame for this situation and who needs revenge you know, enacted upon them. Eights are an anger type, and they're a visible anger type. It's obvious, you know, with them a little bit more than, for example, uh, nines. Eights, you know, kind of give back. They bounce the anger back uh, at you. And they, they, they all tend to kind of translate their other emotions into anger. If, you, if something were to happen in their life that makes them feel sad or, or in, insecure or if some event takes place that makes them feel dependent on others uh, or at the mercy of somebody else's agenda or at the mercy of somebody else's um, calendar or environment, then that's probably going to get translated as anger in the eight. They're just going to feel a sense of frustration and anger and who's to blame for this and why wasn't I informed and how come you didn't tell me? And um, this eight is going to feel that need for revenge, sometimes without really thinking about why they, does that person really deserve, you know, any kind of blame. Maybe this is just an unfortunate circumstance. Maybe, maybe the store just happens to be closed on, on Tuesdays and nobody needs to be punished because of that fact. Maybe I should have checked the calendar online to see if the store was even open today. They have an inclination toward gaining wealth and acquiring resources, a self-preservation. I mean, hear that, preservation. They want to preserve themselves. They want to feel financially secure, and um, no one is going to stand in my way of being financially secure. So they go after what they want. They see what they want, and they go after it. And they again, this self-preservation, A, tends to be a little bit quiet about that. They don't necessarily feel any need to make their needs known verbally uh, because they're not going to necessarily depend on you to get those needs met. And they're certainly not going to feel any need to explain themselves and what they're doing to anyone else. So uh, they know how to get what they want and they know how to get the upper hand in negotiating. So they might be really good wheelers and dealers uh, in terms of negotiating, you know, the art of the deal, okay? More about that later. All right, so they look for ways to uh, satisfy their needs and to get things done, to get stuff 
done. And again, not a lot of, um, you know, sense of responsibility or fuss in explaining themselves to others and may not wait for others to get on board. And in this regard, all eights could benefit from this key word, okay? Listen closely. I know as an eight, you don't necessarily want to take in uh, what I have to say to you because you know best, all right? But listen carefully. This is a word that could change your life as an eight. Pause. That word pause. That word just stop for a moment because all eights tend to move into action first. Whatever's, whatever situation it is, whether it's I see something I need, I move to go get it, or I see somebody that needs to be defended, so I'm going to step in and, 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 and get in the middle of this fight, uh, or I see some environment that needs a leader or needs some kind of guidance, I'm going to step in and take control of this situation. Whatever that impulse hits you to move to action, the eight would always, almost always benefit from just pausing. It doesn't mean stop. Pause is not stop. Pause is just reflect. Just take a moment and think about it. Just take a moment and just hold on a second. Okay, under stress, move to your five and just pause. Withdraw for a moment and get the facts. Withdraw for a moment and get the information. Make sure that you're acting on real information, not just gut instinct, not just impulse. You would do well to just pause and reflect and make sure that that your impulse isn't just um, you know to control a situation or because you're angry or because you feel this need for intensity. Make sure that the action that you take is actually go to two helpful. Make sure that it's helpful to the situation and not harmful to the situation. Okay, so let's keep going with the self-preservation eight. This eight can look like a five because they can tend to be a little bit quiet, a little bit reserved, a little bit emotionally detached. Okay, that's how you can be ruthless because you don't necessarily feel pity on stupid and so we want to go after stupid, we want to go after incompetence, and we, we would like to destroy those that are incompetent and those that are being foolish and those that won't take initiative and those that are lazy and those that are and fill in the gap with a long list of people that can be frustrating in life. And so when you detach from that emotion and you see something that you want and you quietly work to get it so that you won't be dependent on others and don't have to sense any needs, it can make you look a little bit like a five, okay? Um, let's see what else. They don't need a large, this, this eight doesn't necessarily need a large sphere of influence. They don't necessarily need to be the bank CEO, you know, or the, the CEO of the company, although a lot of eights are CEOs because they're willing to take action. They're willing to trust their instincts and they don't doubt themselves. And so when you have that confidence, you know, that boldness, that assertiveness, it, it moves you to the top of the of the line a lot of times. Well, this this eight doesn't necessarily need a large sphere of influence. They can be very content with a small, uh, maybe just their family, some small little group that they are in charge of, that they have responsibility for. So they don't necessarily need a big sphere of influence, uh, but they're very protective. They can be very protective. After all, the eight, one of the terms for the eights is the protector. You'll see them called the challenger or the protector. That protective 
you know, aspect is true of all AIDS. Okay, they have that sense to protect what's theirs. All right, and there's kind of that lust. People are not necessarily yours. Okay, uh, as much as I love my kids and call them my kids. I have to sometimes give those kids back up to the Lord and say, Lord, maybe I'm powerless, you know, over this child's behavior. Maybe I'm powerless over this child's health. And so, Lord, I have to surrender this. That's a hard word for eights, to surrender, okay? So pause, surrender. These are difficult concepts for eights, but important if you're going to be healthy, that you learn to pause and that you learn to surrender what you can't control, there's some things in life you can't control and you just have to let go of. And the more you fight it, the more resistant you are to things you can't control, the more pain and suffering you will experience in life and you will bring into life. So control what you can control, okay? But some things are not necessarily to be controlled. You can you can state your desire, but to control them would be uh, maybe manipulative, okay? or Or aggressive. All right, so let's keep going. Um, this eight, like all eights, doesn't necessarily want to be in touch with their weakness. This eight particularly doesn't want to show emotion. The sexual eight is much more emotional, I think, uh, much more willing to demonstrate their emotions and let you see their emotions. This one's going to be more reserved, hold it in a little bit more like a five, Um Especially anything that relates to vulnerability. All eights are out of touch with their vulnerability. They get their needs met, uh, but have trouble asking for help. Okay, um, They are less communicative of the eights. They get things done, but don't necessarily feel their need to explain themselves to others. They're comfortable making decisions and taking action. They may not wait for others to get on board or others to understand You know what they're doing. They can be quiet and strong. They know how to do business. They know how to get the upper hand in the situation. They devalue their feelings, again, uh, especially vulnerable feelings. They avoid sharing information about themselves. Um, they have no tolerance for weakness or incompetence. I don't think any eight has a tolerance for weakness or incompetence. The uh, social eight that we'll see in just a minute is drawn to people that are legitimately in need, but even social aides have no tolerance for weakness uh, or laziness or incompetence. Incompetence is different than inability, okay? So let's keep going. Um, the focus of this eight's attention is on getting things done and getting away with things. Getting away with things. Um, they have an exaggerated over-focus on taking care of themselves and meeting their own needs. They uh, come across to others sometimes as selfish, sometimes as uh, temper tantrums, as pushy, as grabby, as controlling, as all those things I've said before. Um, they uh, are extremely able to meet, it. they feel that they are extremely able to meet any of their own needs, uh, to satisfy any needs, and uh, will disqualify any feelings or any people or any ideas or institutions that oppose their desires or oppose what they want in life. So the least expressive of the eights, they may not talk a whole lot. They may not reveal very much about themselves. Again, like a five, being a little stingy with their emotions, stingy with their praise, stingy with, uh, with a conversation about who they are and what they want in life. Uh, they may not open up and share a lot of that. Um, 
Now, who's some good examples of this kind of eight? You know, I'm not sure. I have thought and thought and thought about eights. Look, I wrote down, I've got four pages of notes today. And look, this is just the page of all the people I came up with that I think are eights, okay? And honestly, it's a challenge. It really is. I think I can, I think I can identify the social eights a lot better than the other ones. Um, so the self-preservation eight. Okay, I kind of think of Stanley on The Office. You know, Stanley who doesn't say much, but he's going to do what he wants to do. And he's only there for a paycheck. He's only there to meet his financial needs. He's only there for pretzel day. And he's quiet and nobody's going to stand in his way of what he wants. He's not necessarily trying to seek power like a sexual eight. He's not necessarily fighting for the defenseless like a social eight. He's just kind of tuned in to his own needs and wants and doesn't want anybody to force him to do what he doesn't want to do. And that way he can look like a nine a little bit, but I think he's an eight because when you start pushing on him at all, uh, he's got a strong push back. You could make a, uh, an argument that he's a nine wing eight, but I think he's an eight wing nine and a self-preservation eight. I think you could make a case for Deacon on King of Queens as being this kind of an eight. I think you could make a case for Frank Barone on um, Everybody Loves Raymond, the grandpa, you know, on that show. He's not necessarily trying to defend the weak. He's not necessarily trying to gain power over anyone. He just wants, you know, his his uh, to be left alone and to do what he wants to do. And he's not, he's not afraid of a fight. He's not afraid of a conflict. He'll bring the conflict. But I don't know. I, 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 I'm really, I'm really not, not sure about this. Um, the examples that you'd find in a book are just not helpful. So I'm trying to think through all the eights that I can think of and, and do my best trying to place them. Um, if you guys have ever watched NYPD Blue and you remember Andy, uh, Dennis Franz, the character that plays Andy on that show, he's kind of an alcoholic. And uh, you could see him as a social eight wanting to defend the powerless. I don't necessarily, he, he could be any of them. I mean, he could be. Eights can sometimes be difficult to type, but Andy is definitely an eight. And I think that makes, I've only seen that show a couple of times, but I think that is kind of like part of the plot line is you've got Andy on the one hand who's an eight, sort of the bad cop, the rogue cop. And again, eights aren't necessarily afraid to be thought of as the bad cop or the rogue cop, you know, to sort of leave me in the room with the criminal for 30 minutes and I'll get the information. Okay. And then you've got, what's the other guy, David Caruso. I forget his name in the show, but he's kind of a one, you know, and you've got this dichotomy between follow the guidelines and the rules and the other cop, Andy, who's going to do things in his own way, and he's going to, you know, shove a toupee in a guy's mouth and put a gun in his mouth and, you know, uh, take control of the situation. So I don't know that it's, it's just difficult. Um, and I'm just going to admit that, that it's difficult sometimes to, to, to know the differences between, between the eights. I think the social eights, the counter eight, let's move to that. I think the social eights a little easier to distinguish from the other two. The self-preservation and the sexual aid can be a little complicated, a little challenging to know the difference. Just think, are they quiet and do they keep their emotions to themselves? Then it might be a self-preservation. They look five-ish. Do they look, you know, more intellectual? 
And then look at, are they more expressive and bombastic or do they have more charisma and charm and sort of manipulate people into following them and obeying them and wanting to please them? Then they might be the sexual eight. So I'll just admit it's a challenge. So let's move on to the social eight. I think that one's a little easier to, to identify because they're the counter eight. They go against the impulse, uh, against some of the impulse of lust. And I think the... Okay, so they're called the uh, the the group leader, or you know the friendship eight, or the solidarity eight, or the camaraderie eight, uh, the social causes eight. Um, immediately, I think of Robin Hood. Okay, so I'm just going to start with that, and then we'll look at all the. I think of Robin Hood. You know, fight against those in power, take from those that are oppressing the weak. And, and give back to the defenseless, help the defenseless. So the counterness of this eight is uh, they are, all eights can tend to be antisocial, okay? They're not in it to impress people. They're not in it to, to get their worth and value or their esteem from all their colleagues, okay? Um, but this is the social antisocial, okay? So this is the social eight. This eight wants to stay connected, wants to be loyal, wants to be friendly. The females can often look like twos. The males can sometimes look like nines. They can both sometimes look like sixes because they they sometimes suppress or push down their desire to, to display anger or their desire to get even or their desire to enact vengeance. Uh, they can sometimes suppress that in order to maintain harmony, in order to maintain camaraderie, in order to be loyal, in order to be friendly. Okay? Um, now, that being said, they do have that same fight in them, but it's sort of targeted at those that would seek to what they would say would be oppress the innocent. And so their focus of their attention is on who is misusing power. Who is misusing power to oppress someone else? And then under the guise of giving nurture and care and support to that innocent victim, now I have permission then to enact my rage, anger, and vengeance and to destroy the enemy. Um. And so you can look at that from a negative aspect as this gives you the excuse or this gives you the uh, opportunity um, or the justification to, uh, you know, be strong and powerful and uh, to control the environment, which all eights want to control their environment. Um, you say, what do you mean by that? Put something on their calendar and don't tell them, you know, uh, sign them up for some meeting they don't want to go to. And you'll see really quickly that they don't appreciate that. They want to control their own environment. They don't want someone else ordering them around and telling them, you know, what they're going to do with their day. Okay. So from a positive aspect, if we look at it from the positive aspect, this person is like a Robin Hood in that they are motivated to demonstrate care and concern in a very strong and powerful way. So they can look like a two in that they want to be nurturing and compassionate and caring and fight for the underdog and you know bring justice and help the oppressed. They can look like it too, only they're going to do it in an eight way. They're going to do it in a let's go 
you know, storm the gates and, and overthrow the oppressor. It's in a fighting combative way, though, okay? So I guess what I'm saying is, like, if you want somebody to feel sorry for you and bring you lasagna because, you know, you are down or you are out or you are even lazy, you know, call a two and they'll bring you the lasagna, okay? If you want somebody to help you get over your addiction of eating lasagna and you need somebody to kick you in the rear end and motivate you to get off your butt and do it for yourself and quit feeling sorry for yourself, then call an eight, okay? Because they're the ones that are going to kick your rear end and, and help you. That's how they're helping you. Think Jillian Michaels, okay? That's an eight. Um, she's not going to bake lasagna for you. She's going to yell at you as a way of empowering you to, uh, to do better and to stand up for yourself. You can, you can just feel the eight energy in this video presentation. I can. I'm a seven, wing six, but I have that wing eight, okay? And so just in presenting, you know, this video, I, I can feel myself needing to what? Pause. Ugh, needing to take a break. Needing to take a breath. And just come back to my sevenness for a second. I need to get out of this eight zone. Stay in my lane. I'm a seven. Stay in my lane. I need to hear something stupid. I need to say something stupid and have a stupid joke so I can relax for a second. Okay, because I'm getting too too eight-ish. All right. So let's let's continue to be observers of eights. All right. So the social eight, they want to be the champion of the people. And that's how they would see themselves. They would be surprised probably when people f say that they're coming on strong. Like, oh my goodness, you're coming on strong. Can you knock it down a notch? I mean, not everything's a fight. I think this eight would be surprised. Like, why does everybody say I'm too much for them? Because in their desire to be supportive and in their desire to be helpful, which is what they would see it as, they could come across as being in your business. You know, stepping over the line and being assertive. So this is the least aggressive of the eights but they're still daggone assertive, okay? So they're going to be assertive. In other words, they're going to get up in people's business and they're going to, here's the, here's the lust and intensity of this eight. They're going to challenge the system, okay? It's within them to do that. They can't help but do that. They're going to challenge the way things are being done. They are enemies of status quo. All eights are. And this one is as well, maybe more so, because status quo can be destructive to people. And when they see that these systems of power or these systems of doing things or these procedures, these uh, guidelines that are in place, that they are actually demotivating people and that, you know, people are getting fired and, and people are losing their jobs and people are you know, scared and people are panicked. This eight is going to challenge that structure and they're only going to see themselves as trying to be helpful. They're only going to see the positive side of it is I'm stepping up and I'm speaking up for those that can't or won't speak up for themselves and I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to use my power to, uh, to stand up for somebody who's powerless or they might go to the powerless and try to uh, challenge them to be willing to stand in their own power. So they may help 
by trying to empower others. Now, a lot of times when other people talk about empowering others, like when threes talk about empowering others, they mean, you know, uh, we're going to open up the doors so that you have more permission to make decisions for yourself. When an eight, especially a social eight, thinks about empowering others, it's kind of like, you know, putting them in a chokehold until that person starts to fight back. You know, like when you when you get a chick that's going to break out of an egg, you know, so that first boundary that that chick encounters, that, that shell that he has to break out of, and it strengthens the chick so that now it can stand on its own two feet and, you know, be a chicken. Um which is a bad example. I'm talking about being a chicken. Uh, sometimes these analogies don't always go where you want them to go. Um, but uh, the eight can kind of, this social eight can kind of maybe see themselves as being the shell. And uh, I'm going to, uh, uh, to put a little pressure on you uh, to get you to, to stand up for yourself. And so that pressure can look like arguments. That pressure can look like challenges. You know, when you start to talk about um, what you want to do in life and and what you think is right and what you think is wrong and your political views or your religious views, this eight might lean in like an eggshell to start squeezing in a little bit on you and go to that five and doing a little bit of investigating as a way to test you. Do you really are you really ready to stand up for yourself? Are you really ready to to uh, go out in public and make your voice known? If not, maybe I need to do a little squeezing on you to see if you're ready to, you know, face this great big scary world. There's a big world out there and you need to only the strong survive. That's the way an eight thinks. Only the strong survive. And I'm not going to be weak and I don't want you to be weak either. Now, when they recognize that you are defenseless and powerless, then that eight will step in. It'll feel an impulse to step in and, and go to bat for you. If they can empower you to stand up for yourself, that's even better. Now, saying all that, this eight, although they you know want to step up for the powerless and defend the powerless, they don't necessarily want to wipe their noses. Okay, so again, they're not a two. They don't want to be. Uh, what do you want to say? Um, codependent on these people. Um, they don't want to be bothered with them. Okay, they don't want to wipe their noses and chase after them or deal with these people, but they, they kind of see these people as somebody needs to step up for them and they're powerful and they're not afraid to stand up against authority. So it gives them like the permission to go do what the impulse is, is to go be a challenger. But again, they won't necessarily want to, uh, you know, hold that person's hand and wipe their nose for the next 10 years, you know, and take care of that person, especially if that person is, if they decide they're not defenseless. They're just incompetent. This eight has no tolerance for laziness or incompetence. And they'll be able to determine real quick whether you are truly, um, whether you are truly helpless or whether you are choosing to be helpless. Sometimes, you know, other types might be, uh, um, like a nine could probably be, uh, trapped in some kind of relationship where they, uh, are an enabler, you know, a two for a while might get trapped in sort of a, an enabler, enabler re, uh, position. I could see where a six might get trapped for a while into, you know, other personality types might get sort of trapped in that uh, becoming an enabler position. 
I don't think any eight is going to be an enabler in a sense of like, I'll, I'll take care of you so that you don't have to take care of yourself. I think all eights, you know, are going to push against that and they're going to recognize pretty quick, is this person taking advantage of me? Because if they're pretending to be helpless so that I'll stand up for them, nope, that's not going to work. You got to be truly, you know, in dire straits if Robin Hood is going to come in and, and help you. If you're just lazy and pretending, then they're going to see through that. Okay. All right. So this this seven, again, is more social. They're more probably extroverted. They're probably more uh, outgoing, friendly, warm, charming, especially in groups. Okay, <clears throat> you get this eight in a group, they might look like a seven um, or they might just peace out like a nine and not cause any problems depending on what their dominant wing is. But in a group, they tend to uh, uh, feel more relaxed when they get one on one with people. This eight might get a little bit nervous, like, wait, 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 wait. You know, this is getting too intense. We want to talk about feelings. You want to talk about, you know, dreams and vulner vulnerability and and feelings and all this kind of stuff. No, 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 no. And they might want to hit the eject button. Like, I got to get out of here. But in a group, you'll see them relax more and really kind of come down to earth and and be in their own skin a little bit better. Um, <clears throat> and um, they, they may not necessarily seek out leadership positions, but when they see their group as floundering and they need some guidance, this eight's going to feel compelled to step up to the plate and challenge the system and, and take leadership and take responsibility. And again, it's not necessarily they're seeking out responsibility. They're not a one, okay? So they aren't necessarily seeking out responsibility. They just see that, you know, this group is, is stuck. This group is not going in the right direction. And so these people need some guidance and they need some leadership. Now, do I want my calendar tied up with these people? No. No, I don't want my calendar tied up with these people. I don't want to be responsible for them. Um, they need to be responsible for themselves. They need to grow up and be responsible for themselves. But uh, since nobody else will move to action and take take leadership, well, then I'll guess I'll take leadership. And that's often how eights, uh, particularly I think the social eight, ends up in positions of leadership is because they feel compelled to help. And the group recognizes this person's a powerful person and they're willing to stand up to the boss and uh you know say what ends on everybody's mind but nobody has the courage to say this eight will just get up and say it then we all elect marty to be in charge and marty's like okay well you know if the but then i don't think marty necessarily wants to hold everybody's hand either okay let's see no tolerance for annoying or weak or incompetent people, um, but they will fight on behalf of the oppressed or who they believe is being not given a fair deal. They want to speak up for that person. And I think, you know, I said they can look like a two or a nine or a six. I think sixes are like that too. A lot of sixes, you know, are for the underdog. Uh, sixes very much are for the common man. And I think this eight is for the underdog or for the common man. Uh, they are good. These social eights are good at being mentors and taking people under their wing. Um, you know, let me teach you everything I know, that kind of thinking. I'm going to teach you everything I know. Again, I'm going to make a man out of you. I'm going to make you stand on your own two feet. 
I'm going to take this poor, helpless, defenseless person that's been oppressed and abused, and I'm going to make a man out of them. I don't mean any gender fights with that stuff. I'm just saying, you know, they're going to make this person strong. Okay? They're going to make this person, uh, they're going to share their strength. Again, remember sixes share their doubts and questions. Sevens share their joy and enthusiasm. Okay, and this eight wants to share their strength uh, and empower people. <clears throat> By the way, there's a whole lot of Christian teachers that are really popular that are eights. Um, they may be social eights. I don't know. They probably are. But um, like think Beth Moore. You guys that listen to preachers, Beth Moore, I think Francis Chan, um, T.D. Jakes. Joyce Meyer. These are all eights. And it's funny because they, they're they good. They're good communicators. But it's funny that a lot of the messages they give is all eight stuff. I mean, you could write it right out of the books on the Enneagram about resisting fear and not giving in to the temptation to be afraid and do things even though you're afraid and step out in faith and, and don't succumb to the approval of others. And and everybody listens to them like, oh, this is so profound. This person is, oh, whoa, I've never heard anything like this. And they're almost just quoting out of the playbook of what it means to be an eight. Um, this is very attractive. You guys that are, are eights, you need to understand that you have something that is very attractive to the rest of us. That sense of courage and that, <clears throat> that, that lack of timidity and that boldness and that assertiveness, you know, we would all, you know, look at that and say, you know, I could use a little bit more of that in my life. But that's true of all the types of the Enneagram. There's a lot about one that I, I see as I could use a lot more of that responsibility and that desire to do the right thing and be good. And, and there's a lot about the two that, oh, I wish I had that caring heart and that sympathetic, you know, a heart and the three to just accomplish, accomplish and never, you know, never get tired and wake up early and go to bed late and just, you know, achieve goals and be handsome and muscular and strong and powerful. And and there's so much about the four that I can appreciate too, that be authentic to yourself and do what feels, you know, good to you and right for you. And don't feel like you have to follow everybody else's, um, you know, lead and be your own person. I mean, every one of these types has these these beautiful, attractive qualities about them. But it's funny in, in ministry to see, you know, these famous, world-famous speakers who are essentially just saying, be more like an eight. And everybody listens to them and thinks, that's so profound, that's so encouraging, that's so empowering. And it's like, it's so eight. <laughs> it's Julian Michaels only from a pulpit, you know, only they're not yelling about eating right and, and exercise. They're yelling about, you know, being, uh, doing, you know, something in purpose with your life. Uh, so eights realize, I mean, you guys have this attractive quality about you when it's managed well. If you can learn to pause, if you can learn to breathe, if you can learn to tone it down and recognize when it's time to fight and when it's time to just be a person, when it's time to, when there is no fight. Uh, when you don't have to be bold and powerful and strong and you can just you can just relax. Um, if you can learn to balance that out a little bit, you know, go to five and get more information and go to two and use your power to to care and be helpful and lean on nine and say, you know, maybe this is not my fight. Maybe everything's going to be OK. Maybe I can relax. Maybe I can just, you know, unwind and or go to seven and maybe I can just enjoy 
what I'm doing right now rather than, uh, you know, than fighting against it or being compelled to blame somebody. Maybe I can just enjoy uh, what I'm doing. <clears throat> all right. Got off on a little bit of a tangent there. But it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. Um, so this eight has a hard time expressing their own vulnerability. Surprise, surprise, they're an eight, right? So this is kind of what the little bit of the shenanigan this eight does is, you know, they go after helping other people in their vulnerability, in their times of weakness, as a way of, in a sense, distracting away from their own need to talk about and think about their own weakness and vulnerability. In other words, think about it like this. It's kind of like when you see somebody, when you see a child that's being neglected or a child that's being mistreated, okay, and this eight immediately feels the impulse to, who's doing this? This needs to stop. And they'll get right in the face of that, you know, neglectful parent and chew them out or whatever. Okay, what is that coming from? That need to step in and protect. Do you know what it's like to feel like that defenseless child? See, that's what this eight doesn't want to talk about. They don't want to talk about what it feels like to be scared and alone and in need and unloved and weak and powerless and at the mercy of other people's mess. But what is it that compels this eight to be so bold in the face of that kind of treatment if it's not that they know what it feels like? Or they're afraid of what it feels like. And they don't want anybody else to feel that. That's nothing to, to be embarrassed about. That's a great thing. And it doesn't make you weak to admit or to share that with somebody else. It, it helps us understand why you might come across so aggressive and come across so passionately if we could see that richness there. But again, this eight, you know, might be over-focused on helping others as in a sense so that they don't have to really address, acknowledge, and talk about their own sense of weakness and vulnerability. So they're adept at detecting situations in which people are being exploited and persecuted uh, by those who hold the power and then they feel compelled to act in order to protect them. Um, and they may lose themselves in constant action and, again, need to pause. So who are some examples of this kind of an eight? Well, I think Little Orphan Annie. Little Orphan Annie is a good example of this eight, in my opinion. Um, I think Dark. if you've ever watched the Dark series on, on uh, PBS or Masterpiece or whatever it is, it's a great, great series. It's an eight married to a two. So if you are an eight married to a two, which is a pretty common uh, combination, Pull Dark might be a great series for you to watch just to enjoy that dynamic of an eight with a two. Um, I think back to the old days, Little House on the Prairie, Charles Ingalls is probably this kind of an eight. Uh, pa, you know, uh, Sean Hannity, if you watch news, is going to defend and fight for, you know, what he thinks are the defenseless against the powers that he doesn't like. Again, I mentioned Jillian Michaels. Um, I think maybe Dr. Phil. I think Dr. Phil, you can make a good case that Dr. Phil is this kind of an eight um, because a lot of his shows are, you know, they bring a family in and there's one person that's kind of the oppressor 
And then in a very calm way, you know, Dr. Phil will look at that family and say, do you see what this person is doing? Do you see what you're doing to your family? He doesn't do it in a two way, like in anger and in frustration. It's very calm and it's very collected. Uh, he's not going to a place of stress when he's confronting this. He's very calm in, in confronting it. And I think you might make a case that Martin Luther King Jr. is this kind of an eight. You know, standing up to the oppressors for uh, the good of the oppressed. Okay, so let's move on to the last one, the sexual eight. Uh, what is called the commander. Uh, the possession and surrender eight. Um, the monarch eight. And uh, this is a powerful powerful person okay this is a dynamic person this person is a force to be reckoned with okay i like to call this one maybe the mob boss okay <laughs> and all eights to a sense have that sort of sense of mafia about them like this is my family and in my family we all take care of each other and we all protect each other and we can all harass each other but don't you on the outside think that you can harass anybody in my family without getting you know whacked and so this eight in particular i think has that kind of mob boss you know sort of presence about them again all eight kind of have that culture of the mafia uh to them <laughs> um the sevens, we're the culture of Peter Pan. It's so interesting. The seven is the type that refuses to grow up. Right next to the eight that, you know, had to grow up too early. So sevens and eights could learn a lot if we'd lean on each other and, and blend with each other a little bit. Maybe we could just be a good person. Maybe we could just, between the two of us, if we could just blend together, maybe we could just, you know, be an okay person. On our own, we can both be a little bit, a lot to deal with. Both are assertive types, right? And uh, so, okay. So let's talk about the uh, Commander 8. Uh, this person is passionate. This person is charismatic. This person walks into a room and you know it. This person walks into a room and they expect that things are going to be changed now that they are here, okay? This person takes over. This person is a controller. This person, now that's not all bad, okay? That's not all bad. Sometimes you need this kind of person. People are, are either magnetically pulled to this eight or completely repelled by this eight. To some degree, that's true of all eights. Uh, people are magnetically pulled to you because of your charm, charisma, and power. Uh, and then there's maybe other people that are repelled by that and, and want nothing to do with you, okay? So this eight kind of feels a need for total domination of their environment. And when it says possession or surrender, I think the idea is if they can't be in absolute control of the situation, then they want no control over it at all. So I surrender it. I give up. I'm done. And they go to five, right? Because eights go to five. And five is a withdrawal type. And you'll see all eights, when they're frustrated, get to a point where they just withdraw and they just, they're just they just done. I'm done. I'm out. I quit. I'm out of here. I'm not going to be in this situation. And this particular eight, if they can't control the situation, then they don't want you know to be a part of the situation. So this is the most rebellious of the eights. 
the the most demonstrative in their feelings. So the first one can look like a five because they might be kind of tight-lipped while they go about outmaneuvering people. That self-preservation eight is not going to let people get in their way, but they aren't necessarily going to draw a lot of attention to what they're after and what they're doing. And they're just going to go about life doing what they want to do when they want to do it, how they want to do it without necessarily a lot of fanfare. Okay. They're focused on material things and on getting what they want. The social five, a social eight, sorry, is going to be more outgoing and friendly and warm and more expressive of their emotions, particularly those positive emotions. This eight is going to be more demonstrative in their emotions, but you're going to see a lot more anger. You're going to see a lot more of what you think of as eight characteristics, okay? That more dominance, control, power. They're not going to withhold it. They're not a counter eight, okay? They're not a counter type. They are an eight. And so they're going to demonstrate those things you think of eight, um, more openly and more passionately and more directly without necessarily that impulse to temper themselves, okay? Where the self-preservation aid is focused on how do I get the things I want, you know, and the second one, the social is focused on how do I fight for and protect my people and my tribe. This one is focused on how do I gain control in the upper hand and gain power over this environment. So it's more focused on power, less focused on things. Okay? Woo! They want to possess everyone's attention. This one's not quiet. This eight is fine with being seen as bad. May even relish being seen as bad or as quote-unquote rogue. All right? Uh... They will go against the rules, which all eights will, but this one more openly will go against the rules or go against the norms, the social norms, go against the powers that be or the authorities, uh, you know, with more determination and more openly go against those things. Um, they are most likely to show their emotions and feel their emotions passionately and will take the shortest path to satisfy their desires. Okay, so think the first one will take the shortest path to get what they need. This one is more like, I'll take the shortest path to get what I desire. Um, think like lust, okay? Think like intensity. This one's gonna be more wired for the experiences of life, the adrenaline, um, you know, chasing, um, to eat all the cake, <laughs> uh, to eat all of the cake, and to uh, experience life to the fullest. That's probably the way they would describe it or the way they would think of it is they want to live passionately and live life to the fullest. But it might just look like lust and gluttony is what it might look like to a, a person from the outside. Um, they may take pride in being bad or being rebellious against the traditional authorities and powers that be or conventional ways of doing things. They could be the most colorful of the eights, more power loving, more magnetic, a need for dominance, and they want people to completely surrender to them. Now, again, that sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? But there may be some situations where that that could be positive. Like think, for example, Judge Judy, 
If you're the judge of a courtroom, I think she's an eight. Um, if you're the judge of a courtroom, you ought to maybe live with the expect expectation that people should surrender. Or if you're the prison warden, okay, you might live with the expectation that them surrendering to your will creates the right environment. In most of life, though, that's probably going to be considered sort of like, you know, a negative that you need people to surrender to your will. And to the degree that you don't enforce that on others, then we're very proud of you. If you feel the impulse, if you're a sexual eight and you don't go around forcing people to surrender to your will, then you should be proud of yourself, okay? That you don't act under all of that compulsion, that you regulate. Yes, that you self-regulate. So we're very proud of you for self-regulating. We're, you know, in a sense, we ought to tell all the eights, we appreciate how you self-regulate and don't, what you don't do. <laughs> um, thank you for what you don't do. Because probably all eights at times would like to turn the tables over and, uh, you know, drive out the money changers of life, so to speak. And the fact that uh, you don't have a scene every time you feel upset or frustrated with the person in line in front of you who's being incompetent, <laughs> we ought to appreciate you for regulating yourself. Okay, so this eight has a need for dominance and uh, they kind of want to control the situation, maybe want to control everyone and everything. They look for pleasure in life. They may indulge their appetites without limit. Again, so when you kind of mix, you know, in lust with gluttony, uh, you can see why if the, if you're an eight seven and you're a sexual eight seven, you're a lot to deal with. Okay, hello, I'll say it out loud. You could be a lot to deal with if you are an eight wing seven, for that matter, an eight wing nine, but particularly an eight wing seven, and you're a sexual eight. Um, okay, what's the magic word for you? Pause, pause, pause. That is such a healing word. It doesn't mean stop. It's such a healing word for all eights, but particularly you. Calm down just a little bit and let people in your life catch up with you, okay? Let people in your life, um, you know, be themselves. You wouldn't like it if you had to be controlled by somebody else. Look at the shenanigan of this. You don't want anybody to control you you don't want anybody to control your environment. What gives you the right? What gives you the right? Well, because I'm powerful and tough and strong. Okay. Uh, okay. So you like to feel like you're in charge. Uh, well, maybe some of the people in your life might want to feel a little bit of that too. Okay. And if you were really in charge then you wouldn't be afraid of other people having a little bit of power as well. All right? I think the social eight feels that a little bit. This person can fill the room with their big energy. They can dominate their environment. They'll just talk louder and longer than others. Steamroller. Okay? You're a steamroller. Do you remember what the animal is for the eight? Quiz on Sunday. Do you remember the animal for the eight? It's the bull. Okay, and the bull, you know, gets what they want by being strong, by just 
pushing and shoving and controlling and being powerful and that can be exhausting that can be exhausting for you and you don't have to this is all impulse this is all compulsion you could lean on your nine and sort of calm yourself down a little bit nine is mr rogers okay eights nine is john denver bob ross the painter happy tree happy tree you've got that wing go there please every once in a while go to that wing and just calm down okay you know go sit on the beach for a minute go to five just withdraw if you have to and you know go take a week and just relax okay all right um intolerant of weak or incompetent or slow people wow that's a theme we've seen before they can inspire people with their passion and confidence uh, they can have a hard time observing appropriate limits. You know, the eights and fours tend to live like the laws don't apply to me. Um, what makes you different? What makes you? What makes the laws not apply to you? Because you don't think they do. Um, I think a, a lot of these eights probably don't grasp. You know what the consequences of their actions might be. They feel very powerful and bold and strong. They're kind of their personality is kind of jacked up. Like on, you know, on like like sometimes people take drugs and they you know they go do things that that they wouldn't otherwise do because they feel this sense of power and strength. People talk about that what with cocaine that it like gives you this strength like this, you know, this sense of being more powerful. What's that song? That country song? Eight feet tall and bulletproof. You drink until you're eight feet tall and bulletproof. The eight, particularly this eight, kind of wants to live their life like they're eight feet tall and bulletproof. But, hey guys, what's the reality? All of us are mortal, right? We all have weaknesses. And if you don't, if you don't recognize this weakness about yourself, then that's your greatest weakness. Is that you are also just a person. You are mortal. Flesh and blood. Um... And to recognize that you are not always eight feet tall and bulletproof is not a weakness. It's a strength. It's a strength to know your limitations. It's a strength to know when enough is enough. And if you don't learn to regulate and control yourself, other people will. That There's a, a fact of universe right there. When you don't control yourself, other people will move in and control you. Sometimes under the name of prison guard. Sometimes under the name of police officer. Sometimes under the name of judge. Um, but other people will control you when you won't control yourself. So we must learn to let some things go. And that not everything is a fight. And not everything is a challenge. Um, you know, some events in life are just events in life. And... You learn to adapt, to endure, to persevere, and not everything has to be blamed and fought against. So this person, and, 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 and in a sense, you should remember this too. In what are you really in control of? The blind spot for this eight might be that they want to control the environment without controlling themselves. Does that make sense? You want to control the environment, you want to control everybody else, but you can't control your temper. 
Why don't you work on controlling your temper? There's where you could start. Learn to control your spending. Learn to control your appetites. Learn to control the swear words that are coming out of your mouth. Learn to control your diet. Learn to control your attitude. See, you want to control the company. You want to control your family. You want to control you know, your neighborhood association. But you don't control what you put in your own mouth, maybe. Or what comes out of your mouth. Or control your anger. So it's a little bit of a shenanigan to be focused on controlling everything else in life except yourself. And if you've learned to control yourself, again, that's what we applaud. Great. Thank you. You are a healthy eight. Because you don't always act in impulse, which is true of all types. The more we can disassociate from our personalities... And stop acting under compulsion and impulse, the healthier we could say we are. So, who are some eights that demonstrate this kind of sexual eight quality? You know who comes to my mind? Danny DeVito. Okay. Um, Joe Pesci. Think Home Alone. Harry and Marv. The real tall guy is Marv. He's a nine. Okay. And... Uh, Joe Pesci plays Harry, who's an eight. Who it's not enough, you know, to rob houses. That's lust. What you have should belong to me. Okay. But then when the kid, you know, gets away with with uh, turning them in, then the second movie is all about taking revenge. There's no need to chase this boy all around New York City except I need to take revenge. And... So in his anger and in his vengeance becomes his own worst enemy, right? Uh, so I think Joe Pesci is a good example. Harry and Marv is a good example of an eight. My daughter said Gordon Ramsay. I don't know Gordon Ramsay very well, but if you watch a lot of his shows, Grace says Gordon Ramsay is a good example of this kind of an eight. I mentioned Judge Judy. And let's see, is there anybody else that I can just mention that is on the eight register of my mind here? That I haven't mentioned already. Oh, I know the classic eight we need to talk about. Just in a couple of minutes. I know I'm over time here. But Donald Trump. Now, when I say Donald Trump, there's going to be a reaction to that. And what's interesting, and why I say it can be hard to know which eight an eight is. Donald Trump is a great example of this. You could make the case very easily that Donald Trump is a self-preservation eight. You could say, when is enough enough? You're a billionaire. How many more condos? How many more houses? How many more you know, beautiful cars? How many more material things do you need before you feel independent? He must be a self-preservation eight because look at all that he has to acquire in order to feel like he has enough, that he's not dependent. Okay, well, the people that hate Donald Trump would probably say, oh no, he's a sexual eight. He's got to have power and dominance and control over his environment. He has to have control over the microphone, over the camera, over uh, public policy. He will do whatever it takes. It's not enough to run New York. It's not enough to run his, his empire. But now he has to become president of the United States just because he has to be in control of every situation and dominate every situation. He must be a sexual eight. And then the people that support him and think he's great would say, oh, no, 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 he's a social eight. 
Look at him. He goes to Washington to drain the swamp, to fight the oppressors, to fight the oppressive government in all parties. Doesn't matter because he's fighting for the American worker. He's fighting for the underdog. He's fighting for the forgotten man. He must be a social aide. And I could see how every one of those people could make their argument and it kind of makes sense. So sometimes... Sometimes you just have to accept that maybe we don't know. Maybe 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 we can't always, you know, cut this down into an exact science. There's always a little bit of ambiguity with this because we're dealing with people. We're dealing with people. It's not scientific, you know, always like scientific facts because they're like super duper facts. It's not enough just to be a fact, it's a scientific fact. And when you deal with people, people grow, people change. Uh, people ad- adapt and they and they and they modify themselves and they mature, and it's something all of us can do. We can all grow and mature and be healthier. And you guys know what I'm going to say: to be healthy is to what be present to life and don't miss what's right in front of you, and don't uh, and recognize that not everything is a fight. And if it is a fight, it's not necessarily your fight. For eights, that could be very empowering to just sometimes pause, reflect, think, maybe let it go. Oh, yeah, and Merida on Brave is also an eight. See you guys later. Bye. Blessings.